Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. What's going on, MD Nation? We're back. We're here. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, the host of the MD's Fantasy Football Show. And we got a great one in store for you guys today, as is the Week 14 preview. And it's the first parter, which means we got the Thursday night game and all the early Sunday games in today's episode. And of course, we have a mailbag segment at the end. And on top of it, we are at the home studios, which means we are live on Sportscaster with hopefully no technical difficulties like we had on Tuesday. And what that also means is that we will have at the end of the show during the mailbag segment, if you are watching this live on Sportscaster, sportscaster.com at MDFF Belly Up USN, you will be able to go ahead and drop any of your fantasy football questions in the chat as we go along during the episode. And I will get to them as part of the mailbag segment at the very end of the show, as part of the show. My way of shouting out to the fans, to the listeners, to the viewers of MD Nation. Cannot wait to get through all that. Of course, I have some pre-selected questions from people who have contacted me through social media during the week, as I always do. On Twitter, at MDSFFshow. On Facebook, at MDFFshow. And of course, on the website, you can email me directly through there, www.mdffshow.com. You can always go there to check out the rankings are up too. Week 14 rankings are up. Standard League, Half Point League, Full Point PPR League. You can go there and check that out. You can always go there and check out the latest video stream as well. You go to the video, po- video episodes, and the latest one will always be up and ready for you. And you can always go check out the latest audio streams on the episode page on there. All the website there for you for everything MD's Fantasy Football Show. We have all the content for you available at all times. But we got to get into this. This is the first week of the playoffs. This is what we've all been waiting for. We, this is our official championship run. There's no more talking about it. There's no more preparing for it. It is now. It is do or die. It is live or cry, to quote one of my favorite football movies of all time, uh, The Little Giants, of course. Because how is that not a favorite of really everyone's football? <laughs> it's, it's absolutely fantastic. But we keep going here. We have a lot to get into. One of the things I want to talk about, though, before we start jumping into the content, and we will in just a moment, I promise you, is that I want to talk about the fact that over the next few weeks, probably this week and next week mostly, some of week 16 as well, while we go through our normal content, I'm also going to be talking about whether it be beginning the show or at the end of the show, going to be talking about what is in store for you guys next year. Look, fantasy football season is winding down. The MD's football show had a lot of success this season, and we want to continue to build upon that success and continue to 
make our show even better for MD Nation, make it more entertaining, make it even more informative, make it even a better tool for you to use to be able to go to your championships and want to continue to keep listening too. So a lot of things we're going to be doing, we're going to be talking about, I'm not going to get into too much today. We are going to start talking about it tomorrow though. I just want to let you guys know that we are going to be dropping little things on the next few episodes, exactly what we are looking forward to. Too, so you guys know what to get excited about going into next season before we sadly leave you all for the 2020 year and the 2020 off season. We'll be, always be back. We'll always be around. This is pretty much a year-long podcast at this point, but I will let you guys know what the schedule will be like, what you have in store for you, what you have to look forward to going into next season as we go through these playoff matchups before the fantasy football season finally officially withers away unfortunately but there's got to be an end there's got to be a championship and it starts this week with week 14 so let's go ahead and get into our matchup for tonight's game and the Thursday night football between the Cowboys and the Chicago Bears the MD's fantasy football show is proud to become the newest member of the belly up sports network the belly up sports network is a rising star in the sports industry after having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. So in this matchup, what are we looking for here? Well, you have a situation where both of these teams were kind of disappointing last week, but you have certain key fantasy players. On the Dallas side of the ball, obviously he plays Ezekiel Elliott. That goes without saying. Obviously you have to play Amari Cooper. Now I know some people seem to be a little bit more on the fence when it comes to Amari Cooper at the moment, but here's the thing. He's been a wide receiver one for you. You cannot simply just walk away from that. You can't just turn your back to that. He is a big reason why he's gotten you there in the first place. If you have Amari Cooper and you are on in your playoffs, in your league, you have to keep playing him. He's been a wide receiver one. Yes, it's come in bunches, but he's getting healthier. He had a good showing last week against a tough defense, and this secondary of Chicago Bears is not nearly as good. So I think only one receiver is going to eat. I would actually stay away from Michael Gallup in this game. Now, he still has to be considered a high-end wide receiver four in this matchup just because of the volume he's seen. You never know if the Cowboys are just going to throw the ball 45 times because that's what they feel like doing that day because that's kind of what they've done over the past few weeks. Even though Ezekiel Elliott's been effective, even though Ezekiel Elliott has put them in better situations to have more ball control and be able to close out some of these games, which is what they've had trouble with over the past few weeks, it has kind of turned into a situation where they still want to throw the ball as much as humanly possible. As a result, it has equaled into a higher volume for all of the wide receivers involved, including Michael Gallup. But against the Chicago Bears team, I am not going to trust him anything more than a high-end wide receiver four. Remember, they have Akeem Hicks coming back. This defense is getting healthier. I don't think Dak Prescott's going to have all the time in the world. I love Amari Cooper. Gallup's not a bad play, but he, there's other options with no buys and not that many injuries really at the wide receiver position that I think you can trust in your playoffs more than Michael Gallup. That's why he's a wide receiver for, uh, for me this week. Now, as far as Dak Prescott goes, I know a lot of people are talking about should I play him. Look, I just look at it this way. I think Buffalo's defense is better against the quarterback than Chicago Bears are. Their secondary is vulnerable to the deep ball, which is something Dak has been able to do, whether it be Cooper, whether it be Gallup, or even as of late, whether it be a uh, cop. So if you keep that in mind, because of that, Dak Prescott, kind of the same mode of Mari Cooper. Yes, they've been a little bit hit or miss, but they have been 
number ones at their position. They have been a big reason why you've gotten there in the first place. And I'm big on that. Look, unless it's a terrible match, unless somebody's playing the Patriots or somebody's playing the Baltimore Ravens right now, I'm not going to really wither away from the guys that got me there in the first place. I'm not really going to wither away from guys who've been QB1s, wide receiver ones, RB1s on the season to this point. And that's what you're talking about when you have Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. So I'm going to play both of these guys this week, without a doubt. So something there to keep in mind as well. Go ahead and check out my rankings on my website, www.mdffshow.com. I have all of the updated rankings on there for you guys that you can go ahead and check out at any moment. And that way you can go ahead and see what your expectations are. Now on the Chicago Bears side of the ball, a big question is going to be David Montgomery. What do you do with him? Look, David Montgomery is still an RB3. He's still a flex play. They finally got the ball back to him a little bit more last week. He had success with it. He scored a touchdown. He had 75 yards. He did things that he needed to do. The Dallas Cowboys have been, I want to say, hit or miss against the run. Statistically, they're actually still above average against running games. But when you get off of that, when you actually look at the nitty-gritty, when they play against really good rushing games, when they play against really good running backs, they tend to shy away. They tend to give up games here and there. So this is not a matchup that I'm scared to play David Montgomery. The only thing that would really worry me when it comes to David Montgomery here is... Does he get the carries? Does Matt Nagy give him the ball the way that he should? And I think that's really all it comes down to. It's really all it comes down to. So that's what you have to kind of keep in mind here. But I think you can go ahead. You can play him as an RB3. You can play him as a flex play. And I also think you can play Allen Robinson. I know a lot of people are talking about Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, all of a sudden coming on strong. I'm not trusting these guys because I'm not trusting Mitchell Trubisky. When Mitchell Trubisky does not play a defense that is in the bottom 10 in pretty much every category, he does not play well. Detroit's one of the worst in the secondary so far this season. He played decently against them. It still took him a half, but he played decently against them. He has not played against defenses that are above average, which the Dallas Cowboys defense is. And as a result, I think there's only one wide receiver you can trust. There's nobody in the Dallas secondary that scares you from playing Allen Robinson. I think he can be played as a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, who's finally been getting the ball over the past couple of weeks at the clip that he should be getting it. So I'm good with playing him there if that's what your option has been. But I'm not playing any other Chicago Bears wide receiver. Next game we want to talk about getting to the Sunday games here. Our first 1 o'clock game that we're going to talk about is the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, in this game, there's no injuries for the Carolina Panthers. Let's start off with that. So that's the good news there. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, DJ Moore. The question is, do you trust Curtis Samuel? And really, two weeks ago, I pretty much sailed my ship on trusting Curtis Samuel on a weekly basis because he's so touchdown dependent to be fantasy relevant. And that remained true last week. While he, while last week they finally gave him an improvement, they finally got him back on track as far as him getting his normal share of the targets, like he should. What happened there is that you found yourselves in a situation that he still had to score that touchdown in order to get you double-digit points in standard leagues, in order to get you that wide receiver two performance that you would look for in a plus matchup. These are things that he had to do in order to accomplish. So do you trust Curtis Samuel? Because all of a sudden, this is a guy now that he could go from four targets to eight targets, and if he doesn't score a touchdown, it doesn't matter how many targets he has, he's going to get you single-digit points. Against the Atlanta Falcons, it's a plus matchup. It's a chance for him to be a boom type of player for your rosters. All that here is in place. But 
Can you trust him? My answer is no. I don't think he can. Look, is against the Atlanta Falcons, can you do worse than Curtis Samuel? Yes, absolutely. You can do worse than Curtis Samuel. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But given the inconsistent play of Kyle Allen, given the inconsistent play of this offense in general, given Curtis Samuel's inconsistent play himself, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust it. So something to kind of keep in mind there, I have him more as a high-end wide receiver four, low-end wide receiver three who does have some upside, but that's about it. And I'm not trusting Greg Olson, who's also a little bit banged up. He didn't practice yesterday. The idea is that he is going to play, but I wouldn't trust Greg Olson either. I know this is an Atlanta Falcons team. I know this is a defense you want to take a part of, but we're talking about the playoffs here. We're not talking about taking chances, especially guys who volume-wise have been a little bit inconsistent as of late. And that's what Curtis Samuel has been. That's what Greg Olson has been. So you play Christian McCaffrey, you play DJ Moore, I'm not playing anybody else. Oh, by the way, that goes for Kyle Allen. I'm not playing a guy who's been widely inconsistent as a streaming quarterback, no matter if it's been a plus matchup or not. I'm not doing that either. Something to keep in mind there too. For the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones is expected back this week. You know who else is expected back this week? Austin Hooper. That's right. Austin Hooper is expected to return this week. How great is that? The guy who was the number one tight end on the year for most of the season is back. He's back. And you have to play him. First of all, the Carolina Panthers are a plus matchup for everybody involved. So Julio, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Freeman, Matt Ryan, all guys that should be in your fantasy lineups in one way or another. All guys that are not going to have too many better options out there for you to be able to go to. But you also have to play Austin Hooper. I know it's his first game back. I know there's going to be some question marks. Is he really going to play a full workload his first week back? Is he, you know, chance to re-injury? I would say in Austin Hooper's case, because of the nature of his injury, there's and because he's taken off the proper amount of time to heal, there's less of a chance of a re-injury there. And he's just such a big part of this offense. The only thing that really concerns me about his return what does that mean for Calvin Ridley? Because suddenly we saw Calvin Ridley kind of come into his own because he had to, right? No Julio Jones last week. And for the past few weeks, there's been no Austin Hooper. And all of a sudden, his target share has gone up. So that's the one thing. I, I still think you have to play Calvin Ridley. I shouldn't say have to. It depends on your options. But when you're talking wide receiver threes with upside, there's few wide receiver threes in that territory who are going to have more upside, who have been playing better as of late, who have a better matchup than Calvin Ridley going into this week. So that's more what I say by a must play. If you have better options, you have better options. Don't get it twisted. But in Calvin Ridley's case, there's going to be few and far between in that territory. We're talking wide receiver three. We're talking flex territory. Austin Hooper has to play. This guy was the number one tight end. Tight end positions are putrid. And if you had Austin Hooper, you've been having to stream ever since. I have a hard time believing you picked up a streaming option that you trust more than Austin Hooper in a divisional game against Carolina, who's been a plus matchup for everyone involved. So play Austin Hooper. I have no no worries about playing him this week. None. Because I'm not worried about him re-injury. I know what his role is in this offense. I know what the tight end position is like in fantasy football right now. And I know the matchup. So I'm playing him with confidence. Next game we want to talk about, Baltimore Ravens, Buffalo Bills. Before we get into this game, if you're wondering, hey, Dan, you sound a little bit different today. That's because I got a new microphone. In case you can't see it on the Sportscaster. If you're on the audio version, obviously you can't see it. But maybe you can actually hear the difference. I actually really like it. I think it is making a big improvement here. And that's all part of working with Sportscaster. 
and 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 working with Unwrapped on Sportscaster and working with Belly Up on Sportscaster has gotten views. It's it's been helping out the show immensely, and all of a sudden now we can afford some better equipment. And that's that's what Sportscaster has done for us so far. So keep watching us, keep keep tuning in. Keep giving me your feedback because I want to be the best show that I, we can possibly be for you, for you to win and to enjoy. And want to keep getting upgrades like this for sure. So you guys, keep watching, keep listening, keep doing what you're doing. It's really helping out. Thank you, Sportscaster. Thank you, Belly Up. And thank you, Unwrap Sports. So back to the game that we were talking about, which is the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. Now, if you would have said this game, I don't know, we talked about this game in the summertime. We would have looked at it as like, oh, okay, we got the Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen showdown, but we have probably a 17 to 14 game. And it still could wind up being that game. These are two teams that want to run the football. They want to play defense. But I think right now, I think the Baltimore Ravens offense is too much for the Buffalo Bills. Because what's been the Achilles heel of the Buffalo Bills so far this season? It's been their rushing defense. They haven't really been able to stop physical teams who are not willing to abandon the run all season long. Mark Ingram, fire him up as a high-end RB2. Lamar Jackson is going to get his rushing yards in this game. And I think as a result, you're going to find the Buffalo Bills in a game flow that's not really meant for this team. I worry about Allen. I worry about Devin Singletary. I worry about John Brown. Cole Beasley, look. Cole Beasley is nothing more to me than a flash in a pan right now. He's hot, Yes. But going up against this Baltimore Ravens defense, going in a game in which I do expect the Ravens to dominate this game because they're just way better built from a physicality standpoint and should be able to dominate this game. That I am not trusting really any Buffalo Bill. I think you have to play Devin Singletary because he's been an RB2 for you. He's going to get the volume. The one weakness has been attacking the edges of the Baltimore Ravens in the run game if the Bills do that. But I don't think anybody on the Buffalo Bills is a must-play. And even Devin Singletary's case, a lot of you who have him have other options because you were able to get him so late in your drafts, or in some situations, were able to pick him up. So we're in a situation where he might not necessarily be a must-play either, but he's the one Buffalo Bill who I would probably still play in this game. Just to kind of put that out there. But John Brown, no. I'm not playing against Marcus Peters right now in that Baltimore Ravens defense. That Baltimore Ravens defense is second to me, only to the Patriots as far as fantasy goes, but as far as shutting down other teams' opponents go. Of course, the 49ers in that mix as well, but to me, it's the Patriots, it's the Ravens, it's the 49ers. Those are three defenses you don't want to play right now. You don't. And this is a Buffalo Bills offense that is not really high-flying as it is, especially if they can't get that running game going. Josh Allen, I think, does have a safe floor. I think he's going to have a few turnovers, so it depends on your league how much turnovers count against you, but I do think he is going to have a safe floor for the simple fact that he is going to have to run. He's going to have to make plays in order to move the football. I think enough of that is going to happen in this game that they will, that he, well, at least he will be able to give you a decent floor. But 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Josh Allen has been in the streaming quarterback territory all season long. I can't imagine that you find yourself in a situation that you cannot find a better option than Josh Allen with a better matchup, being that he's been in that streaming category pretty much all season. I know as of late, he's been more of a QB1 than anything else, but he's been in that category. He's been in that low-end air, air territory. I think there's other guys you can be able to go with. Go to my website, www.mdffshow.com to check out the rankings to see who I have ranked up there to see who I have as guys who could possibly be streamers for you. Now, as far as the Ravens go, because I kind of glanced over them quickly, I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson, obviously Mark Ingram. Marquise Brown's a tough one. He is. This Bills secondary, while pretty good, because Tredavious White is so good, that's the only reason. And because he does not shadow... I am curious here because they line up Marquise Brown on the other side of the field. They can be torched down the field. Now, we're talking about the playoffs, which means you probably have better options. But if you're finding yourself in a situation where you're banged up or you feel like the team that you are facing has so much more firepower than you do, you might want to go ahead and just play them. Plug and play them. And if you hear that in the background, it's my dog wanting to join in on the show. (laughs) I apologize for that. He gets a little excited sometimes when he hears the wind blow. Yeah, you can go ahead and play him if you have to take that shot. Now, it's only if you have to hit a home run because I do think, like I said, there's an option here for him to hit that touchdown on the opposite side of Javius White. It's not something I would be afraid of. But if you're in a competitive situation, which I think you should be, go ahead and and just leave him on your bench because you should have better options to have a much safer floor. Mark Andrews, you got to play him. This is not a great matchup. Look, the one thing the Buffalo Bills have been stingy against all season long, no matter who it's been, has been the tight end position. With that in mind, Mark Andrews has still been a top six tight end all season long. He's been hot as of late finding the end zone. He's still the number one pass catcher on the number one offense in the NFL. And because of that, I'm not going to bench him. Now, you might have to temper your expectations. He might not go crazy, but he still has a good chance to get a touchdown. Just given this offense, the way they play, the way Lamar Jackson looks for him in those situations. So just keep your eyes on that, but you have to play Mark Andrews. You have to continue that. Next game we want to talk about. We got Cincinnati Bengals. We got the Cleveland Browns. Look. Thank God for fantasy. <laughs> That's all I have to say because this game is not going to be fun to watch. And you know, part of doing this show is that I do w- go back and I watch every single game, even if I missed it on Sunday. I usually have Red Zone on on Sundays, and I'm trying to watch and keep up with that. I only have a couple other games on some other devices, so I some other key games, so I can actually have those already watched. But I have to go back and watch all these games. This is a game I'm not going to be excited to go back and watch. I'm definitely not going to be watching it live on Sunday outside of whatever happens on Red Zone. But what we have here for fantasy purposes, Andy Dalton is not the worst quarterback streaming option in the world. In fact, if you give me a second to pull it up here, I have him 
ranked. Eh, I actually have him a lot lower than I thought I did. Never mind. I have him ranked 22, which means I have him outside of any reasonable streaming territory. So I take that back. But there is potential here. Look, Greedy Williams is a little bit banged up. The Bengals offense, they're not just better because Andy Dalton's back. They're better because Cordy Glenn is back. They're better because that offensive line actually has a chance to do something. That's why they're better. Joe Mixon actually has a chance to run. Now, they still have no A.J. Green, but John Ross is back this week. We don't know how much he's going to be able to play, but just having him back, having his speed out there on the field may be enough for this team to be able to open it up a little bit more. So there's there's potential there for Andy Dalton. I would I would say more of a DFS play this week than a guy that you're going to trust in your playoffs. But there's potential there, without a doubt. Now, having said that, he's definitely not one of my top streaming quarterback options, and we'll get into that as we go along in the show. But I do think you have to play Joe Mixon in this game. Absolutely. He is a RB2 for me this week. He is. Look, going against Cleveland Browns, it's a plus matchup. He's got a better offensive line. And we saw last week what was our biggest concern. When Andy Dalton played, it was it was troublesome to find Joe Mixon getting the volume that he needed to be fantasy relevant week in and week out. That was the biggest issue that we had. And Joe Mixon now did that last week. With Andy Dalton back, he got his 20-plus touches. He was involved in the pass game. Gino Bernard was nowhere to be heard from. And as long as they continue to do that with the improvement of the offensive line, with the improvement of the quarterback play, Joe Mixon, to me, is a low-end RB2 in this plus matchup. He is somebody who is a must-play for me. Must-play. He's got a great chance to score a touchdown in this game. Great chance to put up some decent production. The wide receivers. There's not one wide receiver that I say is a must-play. Tyler Boyd's obviously the number one wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals we're talking about. He's a wide receiver three. His value is very contingent on your scoring formats. Are you in standard leagues? If you are, then mm, he's more of a wide receiver four. He's more of a guy that you're only going to if you're just looking for six to eight points out of. And that's all you need. But if you're talking about a half-point, a full-point PPR league, then he's more of a higher-end wide receiver three, wide receiver two potential because he is somebody who I expect to get six to eight targets in this week, maybe more. Get you about six catches for at least 60 to 70 yards with an opportunity to continue his touchdown streak that he's on of two games so far. I think he's got a good shot in this game, especially being that he lines up in the slot quite often, to continue that streak and make it three against the Cleveland Browns. Especially this game, believe it or not, Given the defenses, given the offenses, could be a sneaky shootout game. That's gonna it's gonna depend on Cleveland. Cleveland's gonna be the one that dictates whether this is gonna be a shootout game or not, but it could be a sneaky shootout game. Auden Tate's another guy that if you're streaming at wide receiver, uh he's a wide receiver four to me, but he is somebody who probably should see between five to seven targets. Now he's gonna be the one I'm gonna be curious about. How much does John Ross play? Because if John Ross plays quite a bit, Auden Tate's going to be the one who suffers. It's hard to imagine his first week back after being on IR, still needing to get back in the football shape, that he's going to come out there and play 50% of the snaps. I think it's going to be less than that. So as long as that is the case, one, that makes John Ross unplayable as far as fantasy playoffs go. But do keep your eye on him because he is a big big play guy, a boomer bust type of guy. But it will be dictating on can Auden Tate be a 
low-end wide receiver three for you over the next couple of weeks or not due to that. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Right now, I think you have better options to go to than Auden Tate, even though he has some volume on his side at the moment. But I think you have better options to go to there. Next, I want to talk. Well, first, we got to talk about Cleveland Browns. Obviously, you fire up Nick Chubb. He's going to be an RB1 this week. I know Kareem Hunt's been getting worked in more and more. This is the Cincinnati Bengals we're talking about. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt could both go crazy in this game. And it would be no, no issue whatsoever. Could both go crazy in this game. So kind of keep that in mind there. You have to fire up Nick Chubb. You got to play him. And I think you have to play Kareem Hunt as a flex play. A borderline low-end RB2 play. Yeah, a borderline ON RB2 play as well. He's been getting involved in the passing game. We all know that. But he's also been getting a much larger share in the rushing game over the past few weeks. So he's somebody who has to be a flex play for you. Has to be. Especially now that he's been working in the gold line on top of it. Jarvis Landry, fire him up. Right now, to me, Jarvis Landry is a low-end wide receiver, too. He's had a safe floor. No matter the matchup, over the past few weeks, he's been getting targeted more. He is the number one wide receiver of the Cleveland Browns right now. It's not Odell Beckham. There's clearly more of a rapport, more of a trust, more of a connection with Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry right now than Odell Beckham. And as a result, he just he has a safer floor. And... He's been targeted in the red zone quite a bit as well. So it's not the Jarvis Landry of old where he you know, was always getting all these targets and these yards, but you knew he wasn't going to necessarily score. That hasn't been the case with Cleveland, especially over the past month now. So we find ourselves in a situation where Jarvis Landry is a must-play. Odell Beckham is not. Now, this is the matchup against Cincinnati Bengals. So here's what I will say. He should be, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Odell Beckham is a boomer bust high-end wide receiver three. Even against Cincinnati Bengals. First of all, the Bengals have been pretty good against perimeter wide receivers, but it's still the Bengals. They don't have the talent really to keep up with them. Nobody really has the talent to cover Odell Beckham. It's been the offense. It's been Baker Mayfield. That's been the reason he's been held in check. In this matchup, you can consider him as a boomer bust wide receiver three. If you take away the name and just look at the wide receiver in that lens, it'll help you make a much better, much more informative, much more realistic decision in your lineups this week if you go that route. That is what we're looking for. So because this is the playoffs and we can't make huge mistakes, I want you guys to, when you see Odell Beckham in your lineups, don't look at his name. Look at the fact that he is a wide receiver who gets somewhere between 7 and 10 targets on a consistent basis, playing as the Cincinnati Bengals, who has boom potential. Look at him as a boomer bust wide receiver three option. You will make a much better decision when setting your lineup this week. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Next game that we want to talk about here. We had the Washington Redskins. We got the Green Bay Packers. So I talked about this a little bit in the recap show. And everybody wants to go crazy over Darius Geis. Darius Geis was still out-touched by Adrian Peterson last week. Who, by the way, had a very good game as well. Who had 99 yards and a touchdown as well? I know he had 129 yards and two touchdowns, Darius Geist did. I know he got a little bit involved in the passing game. There's a few things here. One, that was Chris Thompson's first game back. 
So I do expect him to be more involved in the passing game moving forward, starting with this week, especially against the Green Bay Packers, and he was a week ago. And as I said before, leading up to it, the reason why I've still held out hope in some PPR leagues for Chris Thompson as a flex potential play, just in PPR leagues only, is because there's definitely a role for a pass catching back in this offense right now because Darius guys can't pass protect. Adrian Peterson, obviously not a great pass catcher. There's room for Chris Thompson to have a role here. I expect his role to continue his second week back. So I don't, I, that, that's one right there where I don't expect Darius guys to be that involved in the pass game. Adrian Peterson's not going away. And I've heard some experts or quote unquote experts this week go on about how they expect Darius Geis now to start to, start to take the lead. And while Adrian Peterson's not going to go away, they expect it to be more of a Devin Singletary over Frank Gore situation. And I'm just like, why? How many weeks did it take for Devin Singletary to finally overtake Frank Gore? And it didn't take just one performance of him outperforming Frank Gore on less touches. It took several. This team it does not want to go away from Adrian Peterson. Bill Callahan does not want to go away from Adrian Peterson. And he didn't out-touch Adrian Peterson last week. So this idea that all of a sudden Darius Geis has earned the right to out-touch Adrian Peterson next week doesn't make any sense because... While he had a huge game, Peterson still had a very good game, and he still out-touched him. Now, if he had out-touched him last week and had the huge game, then that would be a different story. Then I would say, yes, then, then maybe we would see a trend in that direction, but we haven't seen that. He had 10 carries. He is just as likely in this game on 10 carries to go for 40 yards and no touchdowns, and more likely to do that than he is to go for another 100 yards and two touchdowns again in this matchup. Now, having said that, did he prove that he has the ability to take the top off, to be a big play, to be a boomer bust type of guy for you in your flex? Yes, he proved that. Is this a matchup that favors him to be able to do that if he gets the opportunity to do so? Yes, you can run on the Green Bay Packers. We all know this. But that's where you have to, that's where you have to cool your jets. That's where you have to know volume is key. And you're going to have much safer options and much better options, in my opinion, to go for in your flex. Because that's what he is. He's an RB3. He's a flex play. He's a, he's a boomer bust type of play. He's not an RB2. So I'm just trying to talk everybody who's listening to MD Nation off of a ledge when it comes to Darius Geis. Because the rest of the world seems to be ready to jump on this guy. And I'm telling you right now, the volume isn't there to trust him. It's not. I wouldn't play any. I, I wouldn't. It's a great matchup, but because you got to have to deal with Geis and AP essentially splitting the carries 50-50, because you have to deal with Chris Thompson, I think, getting more of a role in the passing game this week, I don't know who to trust. I don't. One of them's going to do well. If you want to take the shot, sure, whatever. But it's not going to be my game plan going into this week. There's going to be better options that you can trust more from a volume standpoint. And when you get into the playoffs, that is the name of the game. You don't want to take too many risks. Because you're in the playoffs. If you're in the playoffs, that means you are one of the top teams in your league. You are playing against one of the other top teams in your league. It shouldn't mean that you have a good enough roster construction that you don't have to take too many chances. And you really shouldn't because when you chase points, that's when you lose games in fantasy football. Sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you have to do that in order to take a chance because you're just outmatched. That happens. But in the playoffs, you should be pretty evenly matched where you don't have to take chances like this. Now, the next guy we have to talk about, of course, is Terry McLaurin. I want to say Terry McLaurin's a wide receiver three. I do. And look, prior to last week, I talked about this in the recap show. Prior to last week, he was trending in the right direction. Three catches, 69 yards, was a penalty away from a 100-yard game. 
Next game, five catches, 75 yards. He was trending in a direction where it looked like they were getting back on track. Their connection was being established, and he was getting back to the point where you could trust him to get the volume again and be able to produce as a result. And then last week happened. Two catches, eight yards in a matchup that he should have been able to take advantage of. Now I don't know. Now everything gets back called into question. His ability, the Green Bay secondary as of late, the way they have played, he should be a wide receiver three with upside. That's what he should be. But because of the inconsistencies of this offense and the inconsistencies of Dwayne Haskins at the moment, I do think you have to look at this as more of a wide receiver four boomer bust type of play, which means you're probably going to lead him on your bench. Now, I would not, I wouldn't drop Terry McLaurin. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give somebody else that option. But what I would do is I would just leave him on your bench for now. I wouldn't let somebody else pick him up, but I'm not going to play him either. Now, for the Green Bay Packers, you play everyone. Aaron Rodgers is a QB1 for me this week. In fact, if I look at it here, I have him QB3 on the week this week. Devontae Adams, obviously, is going to be one of the top plays that you can go to. He's going to be a wide receiver one against the Washington Redskins there. Uh, Aaron Jones is somebody who I think can get back on track, even though he's been a bit disappointing. In fact, I have Devontae Adams uh, number two, actually. And Aaron Jones is somebody who I think can get back on track. They came out after that game right away and said, you know what? We got to get Aaron Jones more involved in the passing game. And here's the thing I will give. I'll give the Packers credit. I'll give Matt LaFleur credit for. And this is probably the only thing I'm ever going to give him credit for. So listen closely. The thing I will give him credit for is that when he comes out and says something after a game, that usually does wind up coming to fruition the following week. He actually does put the emphasis on it. It's not just coach speak. He actually does go out and do it. So that's what I'll say. Also, I'll say for Matt LaFleur. So what I'm kind of saying there is for you Aaron Jones owners, there is a silver lining there where they came out. They made the impression that they have to do that. And that is why we might see that there. All right. We actually have to cut this video real quick. Consider this a intermission. And we'll be right back on the other side with the rest of this show for you. We'll be right back in about 15 minutes here on Sportscaster. And the audio version, of course, is just going to continue on as normal. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. And welcome back to the Sportscaster crowd. We're back on the show. And we just had to get that little intermission, little break right there real quick. For the audio version listeners, you didn't really miss a thing. It goes right into it. That's the beauty of editing, people. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Uh, Fortunately, you can't really do that when you're doing a live video on Sportscaster. Apologize for the quick intermission that had to take place there. 
But we're back. We're ready to preview the rest of the early Sunday afternoon games that we have in store for you on the show. Of course, we still have the mailbag segment for you guys at the end. So if you are on the Sportscaster video stream right now, you want to go ahead, drop your fantasy football question. We will get to that as part of the mailbag segment at the end of this episode. Now, continuing on with what we were talking about. And we've wrapped up the Washington game. We wrapped up the Green Bay game. So now we have the Detroit-Minnesota game that we want to go ahead and get into. And this has a lot of fantasy implications with it. A lot of fantasy implications that come with it. First of all, Detroit side of the ball, yes, there's still not going to be a Matthew Stafford, which really shouldn't come as a surprise right now to anybody involved. But yes, there will be no Matthew Stafford this week. That means David Blau will get his second start of the season. He had a mixed bag, if you will, last week against the Chicago Bears. He looked great in the first half, looked like he was taking shots, looked like he'd get the ball out to the receivers, and then in the second half, it looked like a third-string quarterback who was playing for an NFL team. That's what it looked like. Which one are we going to get? That's going to be the question as we get into this. But what I will say is that he's not somebody you're going to stream anyway. You're not. But Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., First, Kenny Gallagher had a huge game last week. Marvin Jones still found the end zone last week. You can still trust to play these guys. And that's really all the important part is. That's what you want. Are you competent enough to continue the play of Kenny Galladay, of Marvin Jones, guys who have helped get you here in this position for the playoffs in Week 14? And the answer to that is yes. I don't love that Kenny Galladay only had five targets. Now, yes, he had four catches for 158 yards and a touchdown. You couldn't ask for more production off of those five targets, and that's something Kenny Galladay is able to do. And that's something against this Minnesota defense he has the possibility to do as well because they are able to be taken advantage of right now. Xavier Rhodes is is washed up. He's done at this point. He is not an elite corner. He's not somebody to fear. Kenny Galladay will be able to eat him for lunch. That is without a doubt. So now all of a sudden, it's just a question of how's this game flow going to go? Are they going to have to come back? Are they going to be able to play consistently for all four quarters? Are they going to get more than five and four targets apiece? I think the answer to all of that is yes. Look, I expect Minnesota to win this game. It's a divisional game. So I expect Detroit to have to be aggressive throughout. And the one thing David Blau showed you is that regardless of what you think of his actual capabilities as an NFL quarterback, he showed you he's willing to throw the deep ball. He's willing to put a 50-50 ball out there to his wide receivers. And that is all you care about. So for Kenny Galladay purposes, David Blau is actually an improvement over Jeff Driscoll when it comes to Galladay. Now, Marvin Jones, I think it takes a little bit of a hit because I think Galladay is going to be the number one targeted wide receiver. Marvin Jones had been Jeff Driscoll's number one guy. I think that's going to flip-flop now. So, Kenny Galladay is a must-play. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, for me. He has the ability to take the top off the field. We know this is a great matchup. You're going to take advantage for him. He's somebody who helped get you to this point right now for your fantasy playoffs. He is somebody I am 100%, without a doubt, playing in my lineups this week. And Marvin Jones Jr. is pretty close in that category. Look, he's somebody I'm looking at as, I'm going to play you in as a wide receiver three, as a flex play, as a guy who I know has an opportunity to get me a touchdown. That's what I'm looking for. That's what he's going to be able to do. And while I don't trust his floor, because if he doesn't score that touchdown, I do worry about Marvin Jones. I worry about, he's not a guy who's going to put up 100 yards very often without Matthew Stafford. 
He is somebody who's going to have to get in the end zone. Have to, without a doubt. I think he's got a good shot for that here, but that's what you have to go for. So just kind of keep that in mind as you move along. But Marvin Jones, definitely wide receiver three play. Kenny Galladay, a wide receiver two. Both guys can be in your lineups. Galladay has to be in your lineups. Bo Scarball, what do you do with him? This is not a great matchup. The Minnesota Vikings have been pretty good against the run all season long. And especially against teams that don't have very good offensive lines. Bo Scarball is not involved in the passing game at all. But I do think, especially if you're in standard leagues, he is in the low-end flex territory because this is a guy that, while he hasn't scored a touchdown yet in the games that he has started, he is somebody who has that capability of doing so. They are going to give him the ball when they get inside the five-yard line. He's going to get those carries. And he's also somebody who's gotten 20 carries each of the past two weeks. Now, do they get blown out by Minnesota and him get taken out of the game plan entirely? That's really going to be the only question you're going to have for a Bo Scarball. And I think because Detroit, especially at least early on in the game, is going to come out and want to have to try to establish the run, he's going to get his touches in this game. I think even if they wind up getting blown out, I think he's still somebody who gets 15 to 16 touches. That's enough to get him 60 yards, possibly a touchdown. So he's somebody's a flex play. He's a lower end flex play. He doesn't have a huge ceiling. So don't get that part twisted, but he is somebody that I think you can play if you're in a pinch, if you have somebody hurt. So Bo Scarball is a, a guy that may be in my lineups depending on what you have. On the Minnesota Vikings side of the ball, Adam Thielen still not practicing. Adam Thielen is wasn't even remotely on the field. He wasn't in warm-ups yesterday. We'll wait to see what goes on today. We'll wait to see what the practice report tells us. And make sure you're following me along on Twitter at MDSFFshow for those player news update notifications. I get them out to you. Obviously, they're for free if you're following me on Twitter. And I will give you that edge over your opponent. And we'll keep our eye on that. But right now, we do not expect Adam Thielen to play this week. Which means Stephon Diggs, while he hasn't, he still has been inconsistent. He still has been Stephon Diggs, like even with no Adam Thielen. Without Adam Thielen there, he still has a, he still presents a higher floor. He's still going to get a higher share of the targets. And even though he's going up against Darius Slay, most of the time that would worry me, except for Stephon Diggs has made a career off of being able to beat Darius Slay. Because even when Adam Thielen is in the ball game, Darius Slay shadows Stephon Diggs. That's who he goes to. And with there being no Adam Thielen and them having to force the ball to Stephon Diggs a little bit more so, and being that he's had success in Detroit in the past, I think Stephon Diggs is still a wide receiver too here that you can play with confidence in this matchup. They're going to have to score. He's going to have to be a part of it. You always know he's good for jet sweeps. They're going to get him involved in different ways. He has a high floor. And he always has the Stephon Diggs ability to have a big play, go for 100 yards, go for a touchdown. That's what he presents. So, yeah, go ahead, fire him up, play him. He's definitely the way you want to go. Now, Dalvin Cook practiced in a limited capacity yesterday. We'll wait to see what the practice report is today, but that's a great sign. He played on Monday, got hurt. They said it's just a re-aggravation of a shoulder injury that he had before the bye week against Denver. Fine and all, whatever. What I care about is the fact that after playing on Monday and not being able to finish that game, he came out and actually practiced Wednesday. I didn't expect him to practice at all in any capacity. So the fact that he was able to come out and practice in limited capacity on Wednesday makes me feel like he is definitely telling the truth when he says he's going to play this Sunday. Expect Alvin Cook 
to be out there. They're in the middle of a playoff race, but it's it's more than that. People want to say like, oh, we're in the middle of a playoff race, but Alexander Madison's a good backup. Maybe you want to save him, or maybe you want to play both of them. It's more than that. Dalvin Cook has something to prove. Dalvin Cook has to prove that he can get through an entire season without missing a game. Because we've seen it throughout the first couple of years of his career. He's missed most of his career so far in the NFL due to injury. He's had a chip on his shoulder all season long to prove that he can stay on the field. Number one thing on his priority to-do list. So yes, they have some important matchups coming up. Yes, it has partly to do with the fact that they are in a tight playoff race, but has more to do with Dalvin Cook as an individual. It has more to do with him proving that he can play a full 16-game season. That's what, to me, this is more about than anything else, which is why I don't think they're going to split Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook. And I think unless Dalvin Cook is to get re-injured, which is a possibility, but unless he is to get re-injured, this will be Dalvin Cook's backfield. That will be who they lean on. They will still use him as the workhorse unless they blow Detroit out in the fourth quarter. Cook's going to be a high-end RB1. Don't overthink it for some of you out there who may be. And believe it or not, I've gotten some questions. Oh, should I play him? Is he going to get re-injured? Are they just going to split with Alexander Madison? I've gotten some questions. And this also goes for the people who have Alexander Madison but don't have Dalvin Cook. Anyone who's telling you that you can play Alexander Madison as a flex play this week, don't. Don't play him as a flex play. I don't understand these people because they're like, oh, well, you know, because they, they list out all the reasons, right? Cook could get re-injured. They might split to try to take some of the workload off of them, blah, 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 blah. Alexander Madison is not Dalvin Cook. He's not. He's a capable backup. He's shown promise as a young as a young guy in that offense. He shows that he fits that offense. He shows that he can be productive. He is not Dalvin Cook. He is not a superstar. He does not have that elite level type of talent. Period. Period, plain and simple. So if you have Alexander Madison, you don't have Dalvin Cook, and you're wondering, well, hey, maybe I can play him as a flex play. You want to talk we've talked about pretty much this entire show going into the playoffs, how you don't want to take too many chances. That would be one of the biggest chances of all because you're talking about a guy who could very well wind up with six to eight touches total by the end of the game, depending on how it goes. That's the biggest chance of all. Do not play him in your flex, period, if Dalvin Cook is active. Do yourself that favor. All right, now that I got that off my chest, Kirk Cousins, he is a streaming quarterback for me this week. He is somebody who can play. I'm pulling up now as we speak, and right now I have Kirk Cousins as the... Uh, number, where are you? Number four quarterback on the week. Look, the Detroit Lions have been pathetic in the secondary. He has been able to put up points. He has played very, very well. And this has all been without Adam Thielen over the past month. And he's still been able to be fantasy relevant. He's had a floor. He's gone for 250 plus yards and a couple touchdowns almost every single week. Like I said, even without Thielen. I expect him to be able to get Kyle Rudolph involved. He gets the running backs involved. And because this is a divisional game, I do think this game will be within two scores for the majority of it. As long as that is the case, he'll still have to throw the football. So as long as that's the case, see how the domino effect goes there, as long as that's the case, Kirk Cousins will be in a position to get you at least 250 yards, two touchdowns, be in a position to get you 18-plus points fantasy-wise. He's definitely a streaming quarterback for me, and I actually have him number four in the week. To be clear, just so everyone's aware, when you go to the when you go to the website www.mdffshow.com and check out the rankings, I'm actually you'll see I'm lower on quarterbacks in general this week. 
uh, just from a scoring standpoint. A little bit lower on Lamar, lower on Patrick Mahomes, and lower on you know a lot. I'm lower on a lot of other guys. Uh, so there's not a big week, I think, for quarterbacks in general with the way the projections have come out. Just a little FYI side tidbit there. All right, the next game we want to talk about here, New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers. This is going to be a great matchup to watch as far as non-fantasy purposes. But for fantasy purposes, what do you have on your plate here? Let's start off with the San Francisco 49ers. Matt Breida is expected to be back this week. That's number one. So what does that mean for the running back situation, because we all of a sudden, we saw last week where we thought Tevin Coleman was the starting running back, even though he hadn't had much success as of late, and yet turn around, Raheem Mostert came in and was the workhorse, had 20 touches, over 100 yards, had a touchdown. Tevin Coleman was an afterthought. Tevin Coleman barely played in the second half period, was barely on the field. So what is that going to mean for us moving forward? What do we look at this? I think, well, first of all, it's against the Saints defense. It's already a horrible matchup for, for running backs as it is. So you can't play Tevin Coleman. That's that's number one. You can't play Raheem Mostert because Matt Breed is back. Now, here's what I'll say as far as the rotation goes. When Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida have been healthy, that is the way Kyle Shanahan goes. That is. That is the way he goes. He's going to go with Tevin Coleman. He's going to go with Matt Breida. He doesn't get as cute. He doesn't rotate as many guys when he has both of them. And I do think it's going to be Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman, not Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman with a, with you know a third going Raheem Mostert or Raheem Mostert overtaking Tevin Coleman on the depth chart. That's not what we saw. That's not going to be the case. So don't don't get too far ahead of yourself as far as that goes. I would not, would not play a San Francisco 49er running back in this matchup with the way they have played as of late. Wouldn't do it. So leave them on your bench. Emmanuel Sanders is a wide receiver three. I do believe a lot of his lack of production over the past few weeks has been more to do with him trying to stay healthy than it has been with anything else. But this 49er offense in general hasn't really been in sync over the past month. They've been winning because of their defense. They've been able to do just enough. And they've gotten to play the Arizona Cardinals a couple of times so Jimmy Garoppolo can just do whatever he wants because everyone can do whatever they want. We just saw Jared Goff go for 400 yards on them too after the abysmal season they've been having. So you have to kind of throw away those Arizona Cardinal games and look at the other ones that were tougher matchups that were more closely competitive games throughout. Look at the Baltimore Ravens, for instance. And yeah, Debo Samuel got a touchdown, but he had two catches. Can't trust Debo Samuel. Manuel Sanders had the targets, but he didn't have the production. It's been a while since he's had the production. So he's more of a low-end wide receiver three to me because he still has to be in the wide receiver three category because he is the number one wide receiver on that team. And we don't know if Marshawn Lattimore is going to play this week or not. We still haven't gotten that practice report out. We'll probably know that more closer to Friday. But as long as he's going to be the number one receiver on that team in a game in which the Niners may have to score points, he still has to be considered a wide receiver three just due to the volume that he should be expected to have. But I don't feel good about it. I don't feel great about his potential. I don't think he's a wide receiver three with wide receiver two potential this week. Saints defense has been playing very well as late. So what I'm basically saying is that if you have a better option than Emmanuel Sanders, you have a better matchup, he's not a must-play for me at all. The only must-play on the San Francisco 49ers this week is George Kittle. That's it. And, and it's not a great matchup for him, but it's George Kittle. He's one of the top two tight ends in the league right now. You play him. That's it. That's the only must play from a fantasy perspective. On the same side of the ball, it's your normal suspects. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. And being that this game is in New Orleans, you can you can play Drew Brees if you have to. But again, this is another situation. Because Drew Brees hasn't been that great as of late, 
He's not an automatic QB1. He's not a guy that you have to play. So he falls into the streaming category for me this week as well. And in fact, I would have him as somebody you should bench altogether because I have him ranked 26 on the week. I don't love the matchup. I don't love what they've been doing with him as of late. They've been making him play as if he has zero arm, as if he is done. And maybe he is. But he's only been attempting five-yard passes. The only time he goes down the field is when he throws a 50-50 ball to Michael Thomas. And the San Francisco 49er defense is good enough to take away your number one option, or at least limit them. We saw Michael Thomas be limited last week against Atlanta. What do you think the 49ers defense could do? Now, I'm not saying to bench Michael Thomas, but what I am saying is that if Drew Brees doesn't have easy access to his number one target wide receiver, his production hurts. So it's going to depend on what options you have available to you, but I have a lot of streaming quarterbacks ahead of Drew Brees this week. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, you play them. Jared Cook, I don't love that either. I I don't. Jared Cook is somebody who definitely scares me this week. Look, you're talking about a guy who has come on strong as of late, but you're going up against San Francisco 49ers Demons, which has been stout against tight ends. I have him ranked 25th in PPR leagues right now for the week. He's not a must-play to me. He's not a streaming guy to me. And that's pretty much what he's been all season long anyway. So that's it. Two players. Saints, Michael Thomas, Alan Kamara. You're playing nobody else. Next game, Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. Now, for a crappy game, there's a lot we have to kind of like break down here from a fantasy perspective. Because you have a situation where Ryan Fitzpatrick is streamworthy for a lot of people. Uh, Devontae Parker is a must-play high-end wide receiver, too. Must play high and You love the matchup. You love the, just the volume. The volume's been there. Right? Why are you You know there's one thing he's going to do. And that's going to be throw 50-50 balls down the field to Devontae Parker. And he's going to throw it to him in the red zone. And Parker has been making plays left and right all season long. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, NY Receiver 2. You know you're not going to play the running back. The other question is going to be, do you play Mike Kosicki? He was on my waiver wire report. He is one of my streaming tight ends of the week. Look, the targets, you're looking for two things. I talked about this in the recap show. I talked about it in the waiver wire report. You're looking for two things out of the tight end position when you're looking for guys to stream. Do you have the capability to score? And do you have the target share to go along with it? Mike Kosicki, as of late, has answered yes to both of those things. He has. Now, the Jets have been great against the tight end. But Jamal Adams is not expected to play this week. 
which is a, a huge reason as to why they've been so good against the tight end. So all of a sudden, what would have been a really hard matchup just got a hell of a lot easier. And being that they don't really truly have a second wide receiver, nor do they have a running back that they dumped the ball off to, Mike Kosicki is kind of that second option. So he is somebody who I'm willing to stream. He's definitely somebody who I'm willing to take a shot on in DFS leagues if you're looking for tournament plays this week. Because maybe you're maybe you're out of the playoffs and you're looking for little tidbits on that. He would definitely be one of my guys because you can get him for cheap and the target share is going to be there. And even though it's not going to be on paper, the matchup's going to be there as well. So I like Mike. Like, he's still a boomer bust play. It, it, he's still a guy who's very, very likely to go two for 20. So don't get me twisted in saying that you have to play Mike Kosicki over everybody, but he should be one of the top streaming guys that you're looking at. Now, as far as the as far as Richard Fine, no, I was yeah. As far as Ryan Fitzpatrick as a streaming option here, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. Because to me, first of all, unless you're in 14, 16 team leagues, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is somebody that you should be looking at the streaming. There should be other options that are more trustworthy on a week-to-week basis that have finished more inside the QB1 territory. I mean, it, it all depends on your league. If you're if you're a league that doesn't count turnovers then by all means, fire him up because you know he's going to throw the ball down the field. This is a pretty good matchup. This is a game in which we could actually see points scored in the high 20s on both sides of the ball. Okay, I could see the streaming appeal in that situation. But you, if you do have turnovers count against you, that's the problem with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not only could he turn around and just have a, an abysmal Ryan Fitzpatrick game where he throws four picks and only goes for 200 yards. So you have to deal with that fact. When you're looking in that type of territory, you're just you're not you're looking at guys that are going to be very hit or miss as far as that goes. And I'm looking right now and I have Ryan Fitzpatrick number twenty one on the week. So I would stay away. I would. When you get into the playoffs, you don't want to play guys that you know are lesser talents. You don't want to play guys solely based on their matchup. Because that's then all of a sudden you lose and you want to kick yourself even more, not just for losing, but for playing somebody that you knew isn't actually good in the first place. That's kind of where Ryan Fitzpatrick falls for me. If you're in 14, 16 team leagues, you've been streaming quarterbacks all season long, you're in the playoffs, you could probably do worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick as far as an upside potential goes because he does have the upside here in this matchup with the way he's been playing as of late. But there's other options. There's other options I would go with. For instance, I would go with Kyle Allen over Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. I would go with Tom Brady over Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. I would go with Eli. I would even contemplate Eli Manning over Ryan Fitzpatrick this week against the Philadelphia Eagles with all the weapons back for the Giants. I so like there's other options out there. I don't feel good about any of those, which is why I'm not you know poo pooing the idea. I'm not. T- I'm not saying if you want to go that route, you're an idiot. I'm saying you can do you could you could do worse because they're all right in the same territory. But those are other options that I think are, one, better players, two, better situations, and that you could just trust more going into your matchups. But it's a complicated one. On the other side of the ball, with the Jets, you're kind of talking about the same thing with Sam Sam Darnold. The analysis I just gave from Ryan Fitzpatrick also implies to Sam Darnold. You saw it last week against Cincinnati. Should have been a plus matchup. Fell flat on his face. The first time they played the Miami Dolphins, where a lot of people wanted to stream Sam Darnold, he fell flat on his face. So it doesn't always matter that they have a plus matchup. We've seen him time and time again just fall short. Now, we've seen him also put up four touchdowns in these plus matchups and be a streaming quarterback. But he kind of falls in that same category. Like I said, 
Is the potential there because of the matchup? Yes, absolutely it is. But he's not that good of a talent. And are you really going to be able to forgive yourself if you lose because you played Sam Donald at quarterback? When there's other options out there that you can go to that are much better. That's the question for you to have to be able to answer. Le'Veon Bell did not practice today. He's sick. He will be fine on Sunday. Jamison Crowder is still the wide receiver that I would go to. I know Robbie Anderson the last two weeks has been the more productive wide receiver, but Jamison Crowder has still out-targeted him in that in that stretch. He has still had his role during that entire process. I expect Jamison Crowder to get back on track, especially for PPR leagues. Now, standard leagues, fine. Half-point PPR leagues, even, he's still more of a lower-end wide receiver three, but he is a, wide, a solid wide receiver three when you're talking about PPR leagues because the volume still has been there and... Yes, he's been on a little bit of a cold spell the past two weeks, but leading up into that, he was one of the hottest wide receivers. He still has his role. He still has Adam Gase. He's still playing against the Miami Dolphins. I would fire up Jameson Crowder. I'm still going to stay away from Robbie Anderson. I still am. I know he's been on a little two-game stretch here. Two games is not enough for me to be like, hey, let's fire him up in my my first round of my playoffs. No way. Staying away from Robbie Anderson there too. Next game that we want to talk about is the Indianapolis Colts, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So right away, here I got two things for you. Play Pascal, play Jack Doyle. Especially if you're in DFS tournament leagues, there's nobody left. I know everybody wants to say, oh, Tampa Bay's defense has actually been playing well over the past two weeks. We saw Atlanta's defense play too well for two weeks in a row and came back down to earth. I expect the same thing for Tampa Bay here. There's no Chester Rogers. There's no T.Y. Hilton. We know that for sure. We don't know about Marlon Mack yet. Marlon Mack actually returned to practice yesterday. We'll have to wait and see what he's able to do throughout the week. Now, usually when a guy comes back and practices on Wednesday, I'm willing to lock that in as they're going to play on Sunday. But because he's dealing with a broken hand, it's a little bit of a different injury. So we're really going to have to see what he's able to do going into Friday and what they're comfortable with. But there is a real possibility that Marlon Mack is back this week. If he is back this week. I think you have to play him at least as a flex play. I know it's not a great matchup. I know he's been out for a few weeks, but because it's a broken hand, you're not talking about a soft tissue injury. So you're not worried about his effectiveness being able to be explosive and running the football. And Tampa Bay has shown some cracks as of late in that rush defense. And the Colts have to get back to running the football because they don't have too many guys to throw the ball to. So I expect Marlon Mack... I do think he's going to play this week as of right now. We'll know more for sure. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at MDSFFshow for those player news update notifications when they come across. But I do think he's going to wind up playing. I do think they're going to have to utilize him. I do think he's at the very least a flex play, if not a low-end RB2, because he will have the potential to score this week. Like I said, you fire up Zach Paschal. I think Zach Paschal is a, a high-floor, high-end wide receiver three this week with, with the potential to be the wide receiver two. He's hard to trust because he's not actually that good of a player. But in this match against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because the volume has to go somewhere and he is going to be that number one guy, it's in a situation I think you can fire him up. The same thing goes for Jack Doyle. Tampa Bay is awful against the tight end. He's going to be the second most targeted pass catcher on this team. Period. And this is a game in which they may have to score points, especially if Tampa Bay is able to do what they do on offense. So I do like this a lot for Jack Doyle too. And I like them both a lot for DFS tournament plays if you're looking to go that route. On the Tampa Bay side of the ball, I think it's pretty clear-cut. Jameis Winston, I've been, I, I, before, let's preference this, I've been saying all season long, I am not a believer in the Colts' defense the way everyone else seems to be. When they play against good offenses 
all of a sudden this stout defense that everybody wants to make him out to be withers away. Look it up. Anytime they've actually played a good offense, they are they have been able to do whatever they want to do against the Colts. Now, when they play mediocre offenses, when they play bad offenses, yes, they've been able to dominate, and that's why statistically the Colts defense has been pretty good in almost every category. But when they actually play against good offenses, they do not. I expect Tampa Bay to do what they do best. Jameis Winston, fire him up as a QB1. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, obviously you're playing them in your lineups. Question comes to the running back situation. I'm not going to play a running back in my redraft leagues this week because you can't trust it. Ronald, Ron, Bruce Arians came out and said Ronald Jones is going to be the starter this week. Okay, fine. But what happens if he misses another blown assignment or whatever erroneous reason you want to go ahead and bench him out of the game? Now, I do believe, though, Ronald Jones is going to have a good game. I do. I really think he is. Whether it's through the passing game, the rushing game, whatever, we've seen this time and time again where all of a sudden it's one running back has a huge week. The following week, the other running back has that week. And I'm looking at this as a Bruce Arians trying to light a fire under Ronald Jones's ass. And as a result, I do believe that Ronald Jones is going to have a very good game this week and be heavily involved in the game plan, which is the number one thing we're talking about here. If that's going to be the case, I like Ronald Jones for DFS. That's, that's why I have a smile on my face. That's why I'm talking about him. You cannot trust him in your playoff matchups for redraft leagues. But in DFS, yeah, I'm willing to take that shot on him. Absolutely. Next game and last game that we're going to talk about before the mailbag segment in this episode is the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. Fantasy purposes, Cortland Sutton, fire him up. Wide receiver two. All the way. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He is a budding star in the NFL. He can score a touchdown. He can go for 100 yards. And he doesn't need that many opportunities to do it. And it's a great matchup here against the Houston Texans. Fire him up as a high and wide receiver too. I'm also fine with Philip Lindsay as a flex play. Hasn't been really efficient as of late. Hasn't really had those big runs that we saw last season. But... Because Royce Freeman has taken such a backseat to him over the past few weeks, and this has become Philip Lindsay's backfield, I do like him a lot in this game. I don't believe in the Houston rush defense, especially when teams actually commit to the run for four quarters, which we know the Denver Broncos will do with Drew Locke at quarterback. I do think Philip Lindsay, you can fire him up as a flex play this week. But that's it. We don't know if Noah Fant's going to play. We're still waiting for that practice report to come out. He did get banged up in last week's matchup. And as of right now, we would lean towards him not being able to go. On the Houston Texans side of the ball, it kind of speaks for itself. It's not the greatest matchup in the world, but you're playing Deshaun Watson, you play DeAndre Hopkins. What do you do outside of that? That's really the question. I'm not playing Will Fuller in this matchup. I'm not. You only want to play Will Fuller in plus matchups. It's the only time that he has that boomer bust potential that you're really looking for that you can actually trust because too many times when they play against actual competent defenses, he just kind of disappears a little bit. And... When you're going into playoffs, you don't want to have a guy who has such a bottom of a floor that he does, especially in this kind of a matchup. So I'm not going to fire up Will Fuller. Denver's defense has been pretty stout against the run, so I'm not going to fire up Carlos Hyde. And you cannot trust the involvement of Duke Johnson on a week-to-week basis. Yes, he was involved last week. Yes, he had a very good week, but we've seen this before. Come back, and he's not involved at all the following week. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with whether Carlos Hyde has a good game or not either. So because of the lack of consistency there, you can't fire up Duke Johnson either. 
I'm firing up Watson. I'm firing up Hopkins. And for an offense that does put up points and has that capability, there's nobody else I'm going to trust in this matchup for my playoff matchups, unfortunately. So that caps off our preview for this episode. We will be back tomorrow. As of right now, we will be back tomorrow, maybe a little bit earlier with the Week 14 preview stream of the late afternoon Sunday games, the Sunday night and the Monday night game. And of course, with the mailbag segment, that will all be in tomorrow's episode. So we will preview the rest of those then. Now what we have is the mailbag segment. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. So remember, if you're watching this on Sportscaster, you have a fantasy football question, go ahead, drop it in the chat. I will get to it at the very end. But I do have some pre-selected questions here that have been brought to me from people that listen on MD Nation or watch on MD Nation. They went to me on Twitter at MDSFFshow. They went to me on Facebook at MDFFshow. They went to me on the website, www.mdffshow.com, and emailed me directly through there. These are the questions I go to get them pre-selected from. But if you're in the chat right now and you're watching this live, you can go ahead and drop your question, and I will get to it as we go through these questions here. So let's start off with our first one of the day that I pulled from Facebook. Henry, he asked me, Marvin Jones or Robbie Anderson this week? I kind of answered that question in this in this episode in a way already. Definitely Marvin Jones. Like I said, David Blau looked for him in the red zone. He was still able to score. He's still the second targeted guy. This is still a plus matchup for him. And two games is not enough for me to suddenly trust Robbie Anderson, even against the Miami Dolphins. He still has too low of a floor. Marvin Jones has actually been pretty consistent over the past month or so. That is the route I'm going to go hands down, Henry, for uh, that one. Next up, we got Seth from Twitter. He asked me, Ryan Tannehill over Matt Ryan this week? That's the way he phrased it. Uh, In short, no. No, not at all. Look, you have Atlanta... You have a good matchup. Julio Jones is going to be back. Austin Hooper is going to be back. He is going to have all of his weapons. And his offensive line actually might be a little bit healthier this week as well. We're still waiting to see what happens there. Yeah, I am definitely firing up Matt Ryan. He has been a QB1 for most of the season because of volume. But in this situation with, with, the, with the guys that he has coming back against the Carolina Panthers in a plus matchup, there's no way in the world I'm going to play Ryan Tannehill, who's not even half the quarterback Matt Ryan is, when, especially when he has all those weapons, this week. So definitely, definitely, definitely play Matt Ryan over Ryan Tannehill this week. Do not overthink it, Seth. Robert from the email, he asked me, DJ Chark or Calvin Ridley this week? I get why this is somewhat of a question. DJ Chark didn't have a great week last week, and Calvin Ridley's had a really good tear. But kind of just what I said with Matt Ryan, all the weapons are back. Austin Hooper's back. Julio Jones is going to be back. That's just going to take away volume from Calvin Ridley. Remember, Russell Gage is still going to be involved to some degree here. So 
what we have in this situation is DJ Chark has been a number two wide receiver and he had been a number two wide receiver. And I'm talking about on the team, a wide receiver too for fantasy football purposes with Gardner Minshew most of the year. I know they're going up against the Chargers. I know it's a little bit of a tougher matchup in this one, but I think you have to go with DJ Chark in this matchup. He's the one who's really gotten you there. He has a secured volume role for this team, and therefore somebody you definitely have to play. He has a touchdown potential. He has a big play potential. He has everything you're really looking for in this matchup. To me, it's hands down. You play DJ Chark over Calvin Ridley this week. That does it for the pre-selected questions. I'm not seeing any questions here on this chat for sportscasters. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead, close down this episode. We will be back tomorrow with the rest of the preview, the late afternoon games, the Sunday night, the Monday night game. Make sure you guys on the audio version are checking out on your favorite podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Pinecast, wherever you go. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you. The biggest thing you can do to help us out is leave a five-star uh, review, leave a comment, always give us feedback. We always want to look to grow. We always want to make this look to the show to make it better for you. But doing that would really help us out tremendously. You guys have no idea. Make sure you're giving a follow to the networks I'm a part of, Unwrap Sports and Belly Up Sports, also here on Sportscaster with us as well, doing great content and great things there. Make sure you're checking us out on Belly Up at Belly Up Fantasy on Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. We always do start sick questions all throughout the day until the 1 o'clock kickoff games. So make sure you're utilizing that. Make sure you're checking us out because we do a lot of news breaks on there as well. Not a lot of fantasy analysis throughout the week to keep you updated and to keep you in the know and have a great idea of what moves you can make to get that edge on your opponents. Make sure you're checking that out as well. I will be back tomorrow morning. I will see you guys then. Have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.